Today on Sagittarian Matters, we talk chickpea ice cream with fan favorite Morgan and advise an artist in trouble with friend to the show, Beth Pickens. Stay tuned. Morgan, we are about to go into Little Bean, a chickpea ice cream place in Northwest Portland. I am so stoked. What do you see? What do you smell? I see a really cute dog. Um, I smell cone smell, cookie smell. I haven't smelled any ice cream smell yet. But um, the flower choices for the planter boxes outside are really classy. What, what kind of classy? Well, we got some, like, hellebore, which I really like. Some kind of hedgy thing that grows in front of my house, but theirs looks nicer than mine. Some dark leaves and some blues. Okay, wonderful, wonderful. All right, I'm ready to go in. I'm stoked! Welcome back to Sagittarian Manners. As usual, I am so excited to be here. Morgan, we just tried some chickpea based ice cream. ice cream and latte and cookie. I am feeling pretty pleased. We want to go worst to best or best to worst? Mm, best to worst, obviously. Okay, best to worst. In my opinion, I got a cone that looked like a funky charcoal cone, and mm-hmm. that was a delicious dark chocolate cone. The ice creams I got in there, I wasn't a huge fan of either of them. I wouldn't return for either of them. Oh my gosh, this is a real scandal. I thought you were enjoying. Did eat the entire thing, just for the record. (laughs) I got a traditional cone, and the two flavors I got, I mean, side note, we sampled everything they had. Um, I had orange caramel and coffee, and I love them both, and they were great together, and my cone was better than Nicole's. Not to rub it in. I loved my cone. I would have enjoyed orange caramel and then coffee. Instead, I got chocolate and then a blackberry basil. The blackberry basil was a little too basil for me. It was a little too green tasting. And the chocolate was just, it was not a show stealer of a chocolate. It wasn't deep enough and it wasn't rich enough. There wasn't enough going on. Uh, Morgan's cone was delicious. Morgan's mm. ice cream was delicious. The mm. texture? Mine was pretty silky. Okay, wait, we have to do the um, classic vegan checkpoints. How was the texture? Was there a weird aftertaste? And then just, like, <laughs> general flavor. Uh, was it reminiscent of the original? Yeah. Um, My texture was really, really good. Soft, not grainy. Also not, like, hard where you're like, I have to bite this with my actual teeth. You could just do a, a hearty lick and it was, it would, you know, acquiesce. And the cone was really, really, really crunchy and it tasted like brown sugar And I guess the cones are made of the chickpea pulp, so they're, like, kind of crispier than a traditional waff cone. I do want to tell you that Yoga Ert in Glendale, coming soon to Echo Park, um, also has cones made out of a pulp, an almond pulp. And so you're going to enjoy a similar crunch when you go to Los Angeles. Oh, my God. Pulp is trending. Pulp is trending. Uh, I also thought that the texture was marvelous. I had no problems with the texture. I did feel that there's a Bernie aftertaste to everything at this place. Even mine? Mine tasted less burny than yours. When I tried the orange caramel, I felt like I tasted the burny aftertaste, which is why I didn't get it, even though it was reminiscent of a creamsicle. Interesting. But I felt like everything had a little bit of a, a burny back of mouth aftertaste. Like a roasted taste, like when you get a roasted tahini. 
And then you have that kind of roasted linger. That's hmm. what I thought. I mean, I'm not saying it was bad. I, as Morgan said, I finished my entire ice cream cone <laughs> and I'm still working on this chickpea latte. Yeah. Which was highly roasty. Okay. So there's for... a nuttiness and the nuttiness is a roasty nuttiness to oh, everything. Bean ish. Um, yeah, I didn't taste so much Bernie flavor, but could be me. And you tried mine. Yeah, I thought yours was less good than mine, and it did taste a little bit burny. Also, the chocolate in the cone and your ice cream, I think, was, like, maybe over-roasted, a la French roast coffee, where people are like, oh, I just love a dark roast. I'm so extreme. I love dark roast. But mm-hmm. mostly it's just, like, burnt toast, which I actually like, but with butter, not as an ice cream. Morgan, what is the second best thing that we got? Second best was the cookie. Strangely chewy, weirdly satisfying. It was a chocolate chunk cookie with some salt on the outside. To me, it was too chewy. I was looking for some crispness at the edges and some gooeyness towards the center, which is the hallmark of my favorite cookies <laughs> of the chocolate chip variety. This did not have those. However, it did have giant chocolate chunks. And how hard is it to find a vegan chocolate chunk cookie with salt on the top? Pretty hard. Twas an area crunch in the whole joint. I mean, except for the cone, obviously. But the chew factor was unusual and to me pleasant and it didn't taste gross and beanie oh by the way this whole place is gluten-free and they have gluten-free breads which are somehow affiliated with chickpeas that are vegan and the breads they were sampling were delicious there was a pumpernickel there was something rather something else something else it was all good one of their bread offerings which we did not try we kind of maybe maxed out but maybe we can return was a toast with a banana and a chickpea butter something i'm really into i don't even care I'm willing to be flexible in the execution, but their commitment to the chickpea, like, you know, nose to tail or whatever that expression (laughs) is, is like, um, I'm, I'm way into it. I'm fully in support. They're like, we got chickpea milk. We got chickpea cones. We got chickpea toast. We got chickpea butter on your chickpea toast. Chickpea ice cream and chickpea cones. Chickpea ice cream is like chicks and peas to the max. Um, they are chickpea monogamous. Yeah. Also known as garbanzo beans. Garbanzo! From Lizzie Cooperman. Um, uh, the last thing, the thing that was our least favorite item. Was chickpea milk latte. Latte. I would like to go back and try a chickpea milk cappuccino, <laughs> but the flavor of the latte, cafe latte <laughs> was so burny and weirdly tahini-ish, but not in the best way it was majorly like you licked a bag of dried dried chickpeas but then turned it wet and added coffee that's all i got it's it's a queer flavor (laughs) i i kind of recommend people try it just because there's nothing else like it oh you want to know why people should try it because i think it's a good concept and there's room for improvement someone's going to do an awesome chickpea milk they've only been open for like four days literally four days we're like when did you open they're like monday today is what is it thursday yeah and already there was a lot. There were people at the counter the whole time we were there, and they were enjoying themselves, having a great time. Employees were friendly. They gave us so many samples on spoons that weren't disposable. Sorry about all the dishes. Um, yeah, super sweet employees, uh, very knowledgeable, helpful, uh, but not pushy. Complimentary spa water or um, sample host even referenced like an old Portland dessert and coffee house. She was like, you know, at Rimsky's, they've got this really great latte. I was like, yeah, nice job. Nice job. Yeah. So overall, would you give this place a thumbs up, thumbs down? Oh, solid thumbs up for me. You know how I feel about a bonzo. I don't know if I would 
seek these flavors out again on purpose. But if I was in this neighborhood or came here and wanted ice cream, I would be happy to be here. Also, you know, for the soy-free, nut-free, etc., for the, the for the free, free yep, feeling free, check it out. And they have a sign, a neon sign, so it's permanent fixture that just says chickpeas. Really? I love their commitment to it. They're like, this is going to be here forever. We're yeah. just about chickpeas. That's what we're about. My last question, how much protein was in that? Oh, my God. I'm sure it was so much. I feel probably like four grams satiated. I'm going to go work out. Got to go. Got to go build some muscle. Excuse <laughs> me. Thanks, Morgan. Thanks, Nichelle. Today's episode is brought to you by Ingrid Boring, Shoshana Ruth Wachter, Michelle Lemoyne, Mary Pinson, Jill Soloway, and Christy Herod. If you would like to support Sagittarian Matters, including producer Chris Sutton, please send $5, $10, $5 billion, that's your business, via PayPal to hornetleg at gmail.com. That's hornet like the insect, leg like its appendage at gmail. Thank you for your support. And we look forward to saying your name on the podcast. Producer Ponyo looks forward to it too. Don't be scared. That's Ponyo's voice. Beth Pickens is a Capricorn, an arts consultant, a strategic planner and grant writer, and the author of the book, Your Art Will Save Your Life. She is a frequent contributor to Sagittarian Matters, and you can find her on Instagram at Beth Pickens Consulting. Or, if you're in Los Angeles, you can squeeze into her upcoming Getting Real With Money workshop at the Women's Center for Creative Work. Now, please enjoy this advice from Beth Pickens. Dear Sagittarian Matters, I am a visual artist currently doing a two-month-long international residency. The plan was, after this residency finished up, I would travel to meet a friend in the same region to do a second residency with them. I have been working so hard over the past several years to make these opportunities happen. Things seem to be finally working out in my career. Everything should be great, is what I thought I wanted, is what I worked towards. But now that it is here, I am so destroyed by the displacement of travel, disruption of my routine, and distance between my family and my partner that I am verging on a full-blown breakdown. I've been at the first residency for about a week and a half, and I'm already losing weight from how stressed out it is making me. I'm so anxious, I'm physically shaky, and I keep bursting into tears. My mental health hasn't been this bad since I quit drugs. I think now that I don't have to work as hard as I was and don't have the structure I had at home, I'm really falling apart, which isn't how I anticipated this trip going. If I'm being honest with myself, I know I need to significantly shorten the second residency to less than a week or just full-on cancel it and cut this one short to get myself home to try and heal a bit and work on why I'm not functioning well. I don't think I'll be okay if I don't, but I feel like I will be failing as a professional artist if I do in the eyes of my community, and I'm pretty sure I will lose my friendship with the artist pal I'm supposed to be meeting. Staying, even though it is making me feel horrible, seems to be the only answer if I want to maintain my newfound and hard-earned professionalism. I don't know how to manage this or how to proceed. Is leaving giving up? Are professional opportunities even worth it if they make me feel like garbage? Is there a way to navigate canceling the second opportunity that is kind and respectful to my friend that I love? Or am I being selfish, a selfish jerk for doing this to her regardless of why I need to cancel and how I go about doing it? Sincerely, languishing in an unfamiliar latitude. Beth Pickens, what do you think? 
<sighs> Languishing. I'm sorry you're struggling. It is so normal to lose your shit when you get to a residency. I have heard this from virtually every client I've ever worked with who has gone on like a long residency, four weeks or longer. People lose their shit when they get there. Because here's the thing. Artists in their regular life have so many things to juggle and then make time for their creative practice that they're you're often quite busy people. And to go from highly structured, not enough time to structurelessness and open time is a really hard transition. One that most people don't do easily. And I encounter this over and over and over and over again. So first of all, this is really normal to freak out when you get to a long-term residency because you have space and time to freak out. And so any anxieties or or stuff that's going on with you that just never gets to surface because your home life is too busy, it's going to come up now because you're alone with yourself in your godforsaken head. And it's hard to be with yourself. The first thing I would say is, People need structure. Very few artists I've ever worked with do well in structurelessness, even though the belief of many artists is, if I just had like six weeks of nothing to do, and then when they get it, they lose their minds. And so the first thing I would recommend you do is create a really strict structure for yourself for the next week. Before you make any decisions about what you're going to do, try changing what you're doing there to be present for it and see if you can start settling in. You haven't been there very long. You're gone. I believe it said it was a two-month residency, right? With then another mini residency after? Maybe. Um, So it sounds like a significant period of time and that you haven't been there very long. So first I would ask you to try creating a really rigid structure for yourself, and you don't have to do that alone. There are maybe other artists there. Certainly you have artist friends in other parts of the world or back home that you could reach over video or phone. Have meetings with them. Like have a meeting at the beginning of the day before you have studio hours, meeting with a friend talking about, here's what I'm going to do today. Maybe ask them for assignments or things to read and then talk to them or another person at the end of the day, but build in some really structured chunks to your day. And the amount of pressure artists put on themselves when they get to a residency, like finally I have this time. Now I have to make an opus. I'll never have this time again. It's not true. You don't know what else is in store with you in life. You might be at a residency and just read books for eight weeks. That's fine. You might just be clearing out your brain to see what's going to come up next. So turn down the pressure on this being the only opportunity or that something magnificent has to come of it. Just like turn off all that pressure and just, if you just rest and read books and think, that would be enough. (laughs) That would be enough for this time because those are things you don't get to do in your busy life at home. And then what about the bonus residency that they scheduled after this? Say that they do this week and then they decide that they don't want to do that. That's okay. I mean, people get to cancel things and change their minds. Why don't you first try having a different experience at this residency? Like try starting to do some things to take care of yourself. Make sure you're moving your body. Maybe a gratitude list every morning or meditation, definitely highly structured things in your days, and maybe then give it another week and then decide. But when it's time to have a conversation with your friend about either shortening or canceling it, just tell them the truth. Just tell them you're really struggling and you don't foresee being able to be gone an extra period of time after this two-month residency. And just have a conversation. Like, what would it be like to bring up to the friend, like, friend, this is what's going on for me. And I'm really aware that we created this thing together and it's really important to you and me. What would it mean to you and our relationship if I had to shorten it or cancel it? Just like bring it up. 
Just tell the truth and have a conversation. But right now, this person sounds like they're in sort of reaction mode. They're reacting to the discomfort of being there. And I first would recommend trying to do some things to get them a little bit more grounded and make a make a decision from that grounded place. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I also think, you know, I think I've written this before in Anonymous Fuzzball, but somebody said, how people react to a boundary tells me so much. You know, like if you and I were supposed to do something together and then you were like, Nicole, I'm losing my mind. I have to go home. I think if I do this thing that we planned, even though I want to do it, I think it will be not good for me mental health wise. I would be like, oh my God, you know, I, I'm disappointed, but of course I would prefer that you feel good and stable and are showing up to do this because you can do it without having a loss to yourself. But if this person freaks out and evokes their friendship, mm-hmm. right. this might tell, be telling. It might tell you something about them. Yeah. And it might just be the person's fear, like the worst thing that could happen they're afraid is going to happen, that this person won't be my friend anymore. And I think, of course, like sometimes we disappoint people and there can be consequences. Sometimes a person's disappointed and they have feelings and you just have to let them be disappointed. And you can also like think about, you know, was there a financial cost that you want to talk about with the person? Were there other logistics that could feed into disappointment? Had you both created time and space and now they can't do it without you or have you both sunk a lot of money like just have a full conversation about the implications of canceling it and but at the end of the day disappointing people is inevitable we will disappoint people in life just like we will be disappointed by them and that's okay people are allowed to be disappointed that's not going to kill them or you no and it's not the same as hurting somebody it's not the same as hurting someone it's not the same i think this is pretty good advice yeah this person really needed our help i mean luckily we were we were here Luckily, we were here uh, drinking LaCroix and petting producer Ponyo and uh, chewing on her chewing on her giraffe toy. Um, I don't know if I have anything else to say to this person, except, yeah, I, I like your idea. What, what should they do if they have to walk away from this residency, this two-month-long residency? Do you have any words of solace for them and the fact that their art career, career will go on? Yeah. And they will have other opportunities. Absolutely. Shit happens. People cancel things, people shorten things, like shit happens. So you're not doing irreparable harm to your future by having to leave something early. But I don't want you to sell yourself short on the experience because you're feeling uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So this is also an opportunity for you to encounter some of what comes up for you inevitably when you're alone in your head, which you are going to need to do as an artist. Mm-hmm. So I would say first grapple with some of this work rather than just reactively leave. Mm-hmm. I agree. And honestly, like you ran a residency program, mm-hmm. Beth Pickens. It was only 10 days long. Yeah, there were people I wish would leave early. <laughs> but people would lose their shit. <laughs> oh, some, yeah. Some people would come and not work. People would come and suddenly regress and they were like, I can't remember how to boil water. And I'm like, what do you mean? Why do you need me to do this for you? People lose their minds when they leave the country, when they're in a new environment. Like it's stressful and people react to stressors in all kinds of different ways. But this experience is highly common. And so artists, I would say also when you're reaching out to artist friends to get emotional support or tactics or assignments, ask people who've been on lengthy residencies or retreats, like how did you manage the transition? It is, I can't underscore this enough. It's very hard to transition from super busy structured to structurelessness. That's why people get depressed after college, for example, Mm -hmm. or graduate school. Or tour. Or tour. Or a book. Or working on a big production and then being unemployed for a while. That transition is very difficult for human beings. It's not just you. No. So there are paths out of those woods. 
I also have uh, the post-tour blues, the post-book blues. It's a real thing. Mm-hmm. Great, Beth Pickens. Thanks for your help. Anything else you want to say? I mean, as a person, I don't know if you're an earth sign, <laughs> but as a person who requires a lot of routine, like I quickly lose my mind when I have to travel for work. We were just talking about this. Um, I recommend creating as much routine as you can in that place and then sticking to it because it will be grounding. I love routine. Structure binds anxiety. There's nothing I like it's more. Like, th- it's like God binds Satan. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And structure is my higher sure. power. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Beth Pickens. Sagittarian Matters is produced by Chris Sutton with assistance by Ponyo Georges. Our theme music is composed by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs of the band Bouquet. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time. information about chickpea ice cream check out our instagram page sagittarian matters and check out our saved story highlight of morgan producer ponyo and myself visiting the chickpea ice cream place in portland oregon